Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, this week's episode is a rerun. It's episode 19 that originally aired on November 4th, 2020, right after the presidential election. It's one of my favorite episodes. And we needed to do a rerun this week because we are currently super busy getting ready for our new Patreon launch, which is going to be awesome with all these new ways for me and you to connect, for y'all to connect, and we're really, really excited about revealing all of that stuff to you very, very soon. So make sure you sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash exohigherself. And next week, we are starting again with all brand new episodes, so don't worry. But please enjoy this oldie but goodie. See y'all next week. Hi, everyone. Welcome to XO Higher Self, the podcast where you send me your questions and I, Bunny Michael, guide you to your higher self, the part of you that already knows the answer. This episode is released on the day after election day, but we're recording this on Monday, so we obviously have no idea what happened on Tuesday, and I'm not going to try to speak too much about what is happening as though I do know or try to cover a bunch of different scenarios. But like I said last week, our goals have not changed. Our message has not changed. I'm here for you. Your higher self is here for you. We're here for each other. And for the rest of this episode, let's lean in close, turn those headphones up, and focus on our inner worlds. Focus on love and focus on spirit. Okay? Great. So those of you who have been following me since before the podcast, which I assume might be most of you, may know that I have a little merch shop. I've made t-shirts and tote bags and posters and stuff, all with the intention of spreading the message of higher self. Well, recently I designed something new, thinking specifically of the EXO community. You know when you put on a certain shirt or a certain pair of shoes and you're like, this is my business look, or these are my fun shoes, or these are my lucky underwear. (laughs) Well, I was thinking about how certain items make us feel certain ways, And sometimes they remind us of a certain aspect of ourselves that we may otherwise have trouble accessing. Like you are lucky and fun and you do mean business. 
but somehow the clothes bring it out of you more. So I made higher self hats, which around our house, we've been calling them thinking caps. They're really cute gray denim ball caps with white script that says higher self. So when you put on your higher self hat, it's just another way to remind yourself of who you truly are and how the power of that truth rests in the hands of your thoughts and your actions. Having a bad day? Put on your higher self hat. Feeling anxious about an upcoming confrontation? Put on your higher self hat. Want something to match with your jean jacket fall look? Put on your higher self hat. There's a link in the description of this episode where you can check them out. And sometime this week, I'll be putting out higher self winter beanies because brr. So yeah, it's exciting. Also, this Friday on Patreon, I'll be putting out another higher self confessional video. So patrons, look out for that. And if you haven't joined Patreon and you're a fan, definitely consider it. We have made an extended version for every episode this season with two bonus questions and answers. So that's like 50% more just out there waiting for you to come get it. And you might want that access soon because after next week's episode, episode 10, we will be taking another break. There will be special alternate format episodes in between seasons, but if you're thirsty for the classic Q&As, There's more to be had on Patreon in the meantime. And before you know it, sometime between Christmas and Thanksgiving, we will be back. Okay, I don't think I have any more announcements, and this intro is already kind of long, so let's get the questions started. Ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Content warning. This episode contains discussions on abuse. Hi, Bunny. Thank you for your beautiful art and music and wisdom you share. Your work means the world to me and it helps me every day. I've been struggling with my relationship with my parents, particularly over the last several years. I'm at a point where I don't see how I can't be triggered by them. Like a lot of parents in the 80s, they did what their parents did, used physical violence or spanking as their main form of punishment. They also yelled a lot, called names, shamed, and embarrassed me. But it wasn't just as a kid, it was throughout my teen years too. When my dad didn't speak anymore, he became much more violent. He had punched holes in my bedroom wall and told me I was lucky he didn't punch me instead. But sometimes I wasn't so lucky. It would be my body or head instead of the wall. It wasn't just their forms of punishment that were so problematic, it was my dad's shady business dealings that put us into a perpetual state of feast and famine. It was creating an environment of competition and jealousy between my older sister and I, causing her to hate me and mimic our parents' violent behavior against me. The last time my dad hurt me physically or threatened violence was over 20 years ago, but it has shaped my adult life in so many negative ways. I became depressed in my teens and barely finished high school. I took the first job I could find to move out of my parents' house, which put me on a career path of survival. My first two relationships were with abusive people, and it wasn't until my late 20s that I came up for air and realized my patterns. There's a kind and loving side to my parents, though, and we've remained close, which makes it all the more confusing. I know there are broken people who lacked and currently lack the tools. My heart so desperately wants to trust and forgive them, even to become connected to them like I was when I was very young. 
I've reached out to them and told them of my desires. My mom has been more than open to revisiting the past and talking it through with me, but our conversations frustrate me because she wants to relate them back to her Mormon and conservative worldview, which ultimately changes the subject. And my dad just ignores me. I understand it's hard to face the past, so I don't push it. My dad recently visited, and it was really nice to feel his love. Overall, it was pretty pleasant, but there were sneaky behaviors from the past, like gaslighting or bringing up painful memories that he sugarcoated, meanness, threatening to spank my nephew. The worst was when he revealed that he and my mom are Trump supporters. After he left, I became the depressed teenager who feels small and scared of her dad, but I also missed his loving presence. So here's my dilemma. My parents are loving, kind, giving people who love me, my daughter, my husband, and my dog unconditionally, but I cannot seem to connect with them after decades of trying. It's like my brain cannot reconcile that people can be good and bad in the same body. My therapist suggested that I look at them with sympathetic eyes. I'm not sure if I'm strong enough for that. I look back at my visits with them over the past several years, and I realize that every time I leave, I end up triggered and hurt or having to pull myself out of a deep depression. Is it time to let go? I, if people have hurt you this long and you cannot trust them, you just walk away. It extreme, seems extreme, but I'm tired of hurting. Thank you for any wisdom and light you can shed on the situation. Sweetheart, I'm so sorry that you've had such a painful experience and still continue to be hurting. It makes so much sense that it's extremely challenging for you to spend time with your parents because you've not gotten the accountability from them that you deserve. It's obvious to me that you have done your very best in being compassionate and understanding and so, so giving. And that is because you have a very strong heart. The truth is you may never get that accountability from them. You may never hear a please forgive me or I'm sorry I put you through that. Because as you already know, people are only accountable for what they're willing to see in themselves. And that's not something you have any control over no matter how loving and compassionate you are as a daughter. Most often, abuse continues because people equate abusive behavior with love, as bizarre as that sounds. If you grew up in a home where one minute your parents gave you love and care and the next minute they hit you, it teaches a child that this is what love looks like. That's what parenting looks like because it's the only example you have. That's what led you to the abusive relationships in your adulthood. Now you've been able to awaken in your own life. And I'm just so, so grateful for that. You have ended that cycle. So it makes sense that now, since you've done all this inner growth, it's becoming more challenging to be around your parents who haven't grown in the way that you have. I'm really happy to hear you're working with a therapist. That's awesome because this healing is a journey and having that weekly support is gonna be so beneficial. When I hear your voice, I can feel your higher self speaking from your heart. It's actually so beautiful. And your heart is telling you it's just too much to see them right now. And that's okay. 
It's okay to make a new boundary, to set new boundaries. It doesn't mean it's permanent necessarily. Boundaries can shift and change, and creating some more distance can help you have a deeper understanding of your needs and what you actually want from this relationship. Having boundaries doesn't mean you aren't sympathetic, compassionate, and want your parents to be happy. In fact, it will be easier for you to stay in that place of compassion when you prioritize your emotional needs. Take some time for yourself. Take a break. You haven't had space from this at all. I'd recommend talking to your therapist about setting some new boundaries with your parents and the best way to go about that. Whether that's not speaking to them or only speaking to them once a month or whatever seems doable to you and gives you a renewed sense of inner peace. You've got to prioritize an environment of healing and space for your higher self to flourish. It doesn't mean you love them any less. It just means you love yourself as well. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Hi, Bunny. I really appreciate you and all the effort and time that you put into higher self. Um, It's helped me a ton. Thank you. My question today is about romance, specifically within romance and dating, this stupid fucking thing of ghosting. I hate ghosting. I hate it so much because I am not the type of person that ghosts. I don't care if, I mean, I probably have ghosted, but like, I don't think so, actually. And I really don't understand it. Like, I get that communication's hard. I'm sorry, I just don't understand ghosting. And I was recently ghosted by someone who I was involved with for like nine months. Like, it was really weird. And We were long distance, so it was like a tough situation anyways. But then they moved here where I live. Like that was the whole idea of our long distance situation is that we would do this long distance thing and then they were going to move here. And then that way it'd be a lot easier to be together. When they moved here, they ghosted me. And I'm just so confused. That was like... That was like in March when they moved here. And it was like you know, height of, height of the pandemic. Obviously we were all quarantining, like, so I didn't see them. But then after all of that and things have kind of loosened up, still haven't seen or talked to them. And I didn't reach out to them because I think my ego is just so hurt. Like 
that they ghosted that I then in turn, like, didn't reach out to them, which was dumb. Like, I should have. Should have been like, hey, what the fuck? Like, you moved here and then you stopped talking to me. Like, I'm really confused. And I'm allowed to ask you that because, like, hello, we were super, like, involved with each other and, like, sharing most aspects of our lives with each other for, like, eight months. And then you move here and quit talking to me? And, like... I don't know. It's just confusing. Like this person claims to be like a meditation. Um, like, I don't know person and like all spiritual and like meditating for five hours. And it's like during one of your meditations, you didn't consider like, Hey, let me just reach out and say, "Mm, I don't like you anymore. Or like I met someone else. Like, why would you just not talk to me? And so I'm just having a hard time with it. And it's, like, so many months later. And, like, I just had a dream about it. And that's why I'm asking you, like, would you reach out to them about it? It's obviously still bothering me. And, like, it obviously still bums me out. But I feel like, I feel like I'm being too much. And I feel like they've just shut that down. And I don't, and and I don't know. Help. (laughs) sorry what would you do and what should I do thanks bunny sorry that I'm thanks (laughs) no need to be sorry I know ghosting is like the most frustrating thing to experience especially when it's someone who you've known and trusted for a long time it's also hard when social media comes into play because we can see what they're up to and that they're just going on with their lives as if nothing happened. Ghosting is very similar to gaslighting in my opinion because when someone does it to you, they're behaving as if the entire reality of your relationship never happened. And you begin to question your own sanity like, am I losing it or is this person pretending like I don't exist for no apparent reason? I might have mentioned this before, but I was ghosted by my best friend of years, two months before my wedding, and I still have no idea why to this day. The thing is, we treat people the way we feel about ourselves, right? So when someone ghosts us and fails to communicate why, it's because there's something going on with them and they don't want to look at it. And for whatever reason, you have become the trigger for that issue. Like, it's not just they stop communicating with you. They stop communicating with themselves, that part of their life that is difficult for them. It could be an inability to be honest. Maybe they've been keeping things from you for a long time. It could be something they're going through in their personal life, family issues, other relationships that they just don't want to have to talk about. It could be they have a really difficult time communicating because of a past trauma. Whatever it is, they don't have the strength or feel like they are capable of telling you. They are not the ghost. You are not the ghost. The ghost is the issue with themselves they don't want to see. Of course, you have every right to express how hurt you are to them. But if you choose to do that, either by text or email or whatever way you are planning to, you have to have no expectations. This person has already proven to not be able to rise to the occasion. So you would have to do it with no other reason than knowing they know how you feel. Although depending on their state of mind, they might not be in a position to actually hear and 
and process that. I would recommend writing an email to them, say everything that you want to say, let it all out, and then wait three days or a week to see if you actually want to send it. The process of writing it might be enough because on a deeper level, they already know anyway. Over time, you will be less angry and hurt by this, but not because it still won't sting, but because you'll start to think about it less and less. You will actually see it had nothing to do with you. And even though it was shitty, they couldn't just explain what happened, it's not going to diminish your spirit or your capacity for relationships. All the times you did have together are still part of your heart and you can still value the love that was experienced. It can still have a special place within you. This ghosting doesn't take that away. Your ability to care for this person came from the love of your higher self and there's nothing anyone can do that can change that. Hi, Brittany. Hi everyone. First, I want to thank you and all the people who contribute for doing this podcast. And also, thank you to everyone who asked questions here and showed themselves vulnerable enough for me to have the courage to do it too. Um, my question today for you is how can I accept to be angry sometimes. How can I accept to not be in, um, not think the same um, of my partner? How can I sometimes be mad and express it? And sometimes, yeah, just, I feel like I've been hiding this part of myself, maybe because of my childhood and how with my parents, it was my survival mode. Maybe because when they get angry, I was feeling fear. So yeah, just like, I just realized how when I really love someone now and that they are angry uh, against me, I'm just full of fear. And I just become very uh, people-pleasing. And sometimes I just don't stand for what I really think just because the person is uh, having those eyes or this voice that is making me, uh, that is triggering me. Yeah. This is my question. How can I embrace my angriness? Thank you so much for answering my question. I wish you all the best. Thank you for your question. It's so insightful that you sense how your trauma affects your sense of safety around anger. This is the wisdom inside you that's the vision of your higher self. Your higher self can see the source of the pain and the reaction. It helps you more fully understand your experience and how you can work towards healing. It's sort of like x-ray vision of emotional and mental experiences. Higher self is like the superhero of healing. Having triggers is normal and we all have them. Whether it's anger or sadness or yelling or crying, different emotions 
different words, all of it. We all relate to these things in our own unique way. Having a trigger doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. The good news is you don't have to fix all of your triggers. You just have to work with them. Let's say that when you were a child, you broke your leg. So now you have to be more mindful of that past injury when you play sports, for example. That's how triggers work. The more mindful we are of them, the more we treat them with care, the less they can cause further harm. One thing that I think is really important in relationships is to communicate our triggers to our partners because our partners don't understand how their words or actions are affecting us emotionally. If we let them in, if we share with them what we're working with, it will help them support us better in our process of healing and bring them more understanding of why we react the way we do. And vice versa, when we know our partner's triggers, we can feel more in control and take it less personally when they're struggling in a way we cannot fully relate to. Most of the time, you'll find that your partner triggers the part of you that most needs to be healed and you trigger the part of them that most needs to be healed. And that is not by accident. No, that's the universe giving you what you need. So if anger is triggering you, most likely your partner expresses anger very easily. And if you're more in control and limited in your emotional reactions, that just makes them more angry, probably because someone from their past was unavailable to them emotionally. So if you have a hard time being angry, that's okay. That doesn't mean you can't express your needs. You don't need to be yelling to be heard. There are other ways of communicating. You could write down your feelings and then read them to your partner at a set aside time when you're not fighting. You could make a time for both of you to share in an environment where both of you feel seen and with you promising to share more and your partner promising to try to be less reactive. I'm a huge advocate for couples counseling as well because having a neutral person help facilitate a safe space for both of you, you feel heard and you get your needs met. I promise you, the more you accept yourself, all of yourself, even the parts that aren't always easy to deal with like triggers, the easier it will be for you to navigate them. Over time, you will see you're much more in touch with your anger and you can express it without feeling like a hurt child. This is the process of healing and you're already doing it. We are all going through this together in our own ways. You know, what is a little revealing and i don't know if it's tmi but my partner gets triggered by my crying sometimes and it's kind of funny in a way because it's like whoa you really went for it by choosing me as a partner someone who will cry literally at anything and has no walls at all for letting it out but now that i know that it's easier for me to understand them and it's easier for them to understand me And that's all we can do, right? Just keep doing the work one day at a time. But I definitely recommend writing down your feelings, even the hard ones, even the feelings of being hurt by your partner, as much as you can while you're getting more comfortable expressing them. It can be super helpful. Don't judge yourself. You're all you need to be. Hi, Bunny. um, I've been struggling with... I guess what you would call executive dysfunction. Um, 
I graduated in July. Um, COVID happened. I moved back to my parents' place. I was not expecting that. And um, it's not the safest space, but um, I'm working on it. And I only work a few hours per week part-time as a babysitter. And um, I'm also working at this magazine completely for free because it was started by my friend. And as of now, uh, we don't. We just do. We don't get any money for what we do. That will be something in in the future, I suppose. Um, so apart from the few hours of babysitting I do, which I really enjoy, I it's really hard to find a structure. I have a, a lots of free time, and um, I haven't really been engaging with the news either. I I just save uh, so many book recommendations. Uh, news articles. Um, I can't bring myself to finish reading books, um, to um, send emails for collaborations um, I really want to do. I, I just, um, I feel completely, completely stuck. And I was wondering if you had any advice um, with giving structure to your life when it's not given by an external entity such as university, I'm just finding it very hard. Thank you. I think a lot of people are struggling right now with the same issue because so much has changed and a lot of us have been uprooted from our plans. We've had to move, we've lost jobs, all of the above. It makes sense to feel unstable right now and that it's hard to focus. There's just this general energy of things sort of being up in the air. We can't predict when things will open up again or be shut down again. So we have to be really careful not to judge ourselves by the same standards we're used to running our lives by. Things have changed dramatically and when that happens, it's gonna take some time to find our footing and create an environment that we can make work for us the best way it can. I spoke about this a little bit on the extended episode last week, but when our worlds change, we have to find new inspiration. When our world changes, we change on the inside. And when we change on the inside, how we express ourselves in the world has to evolve too. So books aren't working for you right now. That's okay. That happens. What do you find interesting right now? What have you been thinking about? What are you curious about? It doesn't have to be this big, profound thing. It can literally be knitting or painting your nails or going on a walk. What you are interested in right now can match the transitionary energy of your life. Meaning you can pick up one thing one day and then move on to the next. What I'm saying is, is that we have to try to be less identified in who we are based on what we do and more identified with who we are as the one who gets to do and experience the world in whatever way brings us joy. That this life isn't just about what's serious and heavy and what we're building for the future. There are times in our life where we get to play and work on the art of living in the moment. That's what this period of unknown has brought to our life. It's opened a portal to learning how to be more present and finding joy in the chaos. What if the structure you created for yourself was to do something you've never done before once a week or learn something new every day? I mean, we're so ingrained to be productive, we're actually loathing our free time. Like there's something wrong with having free time. 
but it's obvious to me that if free time is really hard for you, it's exactly what you need. What we resist is most often what will help us heal. It's a blessing and it won't last forever. What if you fully embrace this time? Because who knows, 10 years from now, you will be so busy, you would kill for a day of free time. This is the joy of being alive, to feel our aliveness, our essence, our spirit, to just be. It's enough. We are enough. We don't have to prove ourselves to ourselves all the time. It's exhausting, really. We have ourselves on such a tight leash. Let go. Let go. Let go. A book is too much of a commitment, not because you are dysfunctional. It's because the book is too long. You can be spontaneous. You can be experimental. You can celebrate each day as a new gift. Just look around. There is so much life to live. Just play. You know how much you like babysitting? Take some inspiration from those kids you babysit. You see how they're just in the moment, seeing everything with curiosity. That's the energy that will lift you up and keep you moving. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To hear extended episodes, get exclusive content, and directly support the making of Exo Higher Self, become a Patreon subscriber by making a small monthly contribution. We couldn't do this without the support of our patrons. Visit patreon.com backslash exohigherself. If you love the show and want to be in touch with what's new, follow us on Instagram at exohigherself. If you can, give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It greatly increases our chances to reach new listeners and expand the community. Be gentle, patient, and kind to yourself this week. Get quiet enough to hear what your heart is telling you. And thank your spirit for the opportunity. I love you, and so does your higher self. See you next week. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.